Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism. I'm your host today, Amy Hills, and my day job is as the Director of Strategy, Government and Industry with Tourism Tasmania. Talking Tourism is the podcast series especially for tourism operators and tourism professionals. It's an initiative of the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, the peak industry body for tourism in our state, and today's episode is supported by the Tasmanian Government. It's all part of a series of podcasts we've been releasing every fortnight through COVID-19 to keep tourism operators up to date with the latest news and developments and the support and assistance being made available by the state and federal governments, as well as industry authorities. In today's episode, I'm talking with Dr Alison Anderson, who is the Manager of Research and Insights with Tourism Tasmania. Alison and her team have been responsible for providing us with many and varied insights and data throughout COVID-19 to not only inform our marketing program, but also the visitor economy recovery. Her team is also available to provide relevant insights to industry, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Today, Alison is speaking with me because during COVID-19, she's been pulling together weekly insights about consumer sentiment and behaviour. She's also commissioned some interesting research into the Tasmanian market, as well as the strength of Tasmania's tourism brand. Alison, welcome. Hey, Amy. How are you going? Really well. Thank you for joining us. I know it's um, like like everyone has been a busy start to start to the year. Yes, it has. It's been very busy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, for want of a better term, you and your team are a bit like the re- research and insights gurus for Tourism Tasmania, aren't you? And you've been bringing together um, all the data and insights from, from really across the globe, Australia and locally into a bit of a, a weekly insights in review. Why have you felt that that's been an important job for, for you to do? Well, we... At the start, uh, what we found was that we really didn't know. It was such an unprecedented event and we really didn't know what was really happening out with people. People were sort of closing down. They were in a little bit of shock and we weren't 100% sure. We lost the Tasmanian Visitor Survey and the International Visitor Survey, which were two of our ways of speaking with our customers. Uh, And we were trying to think through how we could find insights to help us make some good decisions through what was really quite a crazy time. So what we found was that a lot of our partners were starting to send us some information that was really um, interesting and they were actually doing huge research projects and supplying the insights for free. Uh, And we had a lot of them and rather than sort of send around emails and tell um, the industry about this one or that one and sometimes they were provided to us in confidence, uh, we found that a better way to do it was to actually take all of the messages and start to piece together a bigger picture from lots of different sources. So there was just too much for any one person to navigate. So my entire team got onto that uh, and we sat down and started sorting out what the big messages were and trying to find that information so we could support the agency to make some really good decisions and also to start sending out information which you and your team have done, Amy, through Tourism Talk. Mm. And it was also to make the most of the resources that we have. Uh, We had a lot of fantastic information at our fingertips and we wanted to make sure that that was going to be finding its mark. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about that because one of the first insights um, you looked at and what you have been tracking quite 
closely is consumer confidence. And it's obviously something that, you know, industry folk will be really keen to, to keep a track of. Why is this an important indicator for our industry? And what is consumer confidence telling us? Well, consumer confidence is run by a number of different financial institutions in partnerships with various research agencies. We're partners with Roy Morgan Research through the Tasmanian Visitor Survey. Uh, and we noted that they were starting to, well, they have been for many, many years, for about 40 years, actually. They've been putting out uh, consumer confidence surveys across Australia. Uh, the key questions in the consumer confidence survey are around if you feel that you're personally better off than you were this time last year, uh, and then if you feel that you're going to be better or worse off this time next year. They also ask about how you feel the economy is going more broadly. We believe that that was a, a really important mark because if people were feeling confident financially, they were then going to be thinking about whether you know, they were going to be taking a holiday. As we know, holidays, um, travel is generally a discretionary expense in your household. We know that if you're not feeling um, secure financially or optimistic financially, you're very unlikely to take holidays. Uh, we've monitored this quite closely and the very low point was actually in April. I think it got to around 65 points or something like that when the average for the month over the past 40 years was about 108 or something like that. But since then, it's consistent, well, it consistently rose for nine weeks. And uh, last week, it was uh, 97 points, which is down from um, 98.3, which was the high point. So the June average is still 107.1. So we know that it's still not there yet. But we do know that people were shocked uh, and they were worried for a while at the very start of April, but consistently people are starting to realise that this is not impacting everybody as much as they thought it would. And COVID-19 has changed, well, we think, and I assume, has changed the way that many of us view fundamental things in life. Have we got any insights about how travellers might see themselves and what they want from their travelling experience in the future and how that might have changed as a result of COVID-19? Well, there has been loads of um, loads of research on this that we have seen. What it's shown to me has been that there's really been a spectrum of responses. Uh, there have been some people who whose lives have changed forever, mm-hmm. uh, who maybe will not view the world in the same way or move in the same way. But I can see from all the evidence that we've looked at that they're probably in the minority. There are others who probably haven't really been impacted that much at all and would not think life has changed or is likely to change in the future. Mm-hmm. And then they're probably in a bit in the minority as well, to be honest. And then there's a fairly sizable chunk of everybody else who's somewhere on that spectrum in the middle who've probably had some changes to their outlook. They're probably a little more careful in public about contact, such as hugging and shaking hands and things like that, about cleanliness. Um, And they're also more likely to meet online. We're all probably, well, I don't know about everyone else, but certainly I'm very much more adept with online meetings and face-to-face and things like that. So from a sort of personal perspective, we think that probably there've been a few sort of changes, but on the whole, probably not 
massive personal changes. In terms of travel, I think most of us expect that travel will be, travel patterns and methods took many, many, many years to establish up to 2019 or the start of 2020. It is unlikely that they will suddenly completely change, but it'll take us quite a while, I think, uh, to get back to those sorts of measures. It is giving destinations an opportunity to think about how they want to manage their destination, so manage uh, visitors and thinking about that sort of things. So we may see some changes that are driven by destinations. But in terms of travel preferences, probably there has there won't be a lot of long-term change. In the short term, we've definitely seen some evidence to suggest that people will want to stay close to home. Mm. Um, that driving is much more appealing, that uh, people staying in control of the environment that they're in, so sort of drive holidays, probably intrastate, certainly we've uh, been talking a lot about Tasmanians travelling within Tasmania, so those sorts of holidays will definitely increase in the short term and uh, probably needing some sort of assurance of safety or if something doesn't feel clean, I think they'll definitely be a lot more punished in the review environment uh, and that will lead to a, a problem with customs. So I think people really need to be thinking carefully about how they assure their customers mm. of their cleanliness. And that was actually going to be my my next uh, question to you because given those insights around perhaps the the more likelihood of doing drive or, or travelling interstate, staying closer to home, but then also this need to be assured of cleanliness, for operators who are listening today, I guess that's a matter of being clear in their communications around that and being responsive to their guests' sort of questions and queries? Absolutely. So if there's a way of putting that on your booking panels as well, I would recommend that you do that. Uh, Customer confidence is going to be absolutely critical in that time. Uh, I would also say that uh, if you're thinking about your business, and I have been sort of thinking a little bit about this for businesses, um, that you, you know, you'd be in a great, you'd be well advised right now to engage with Tasmanians as a first port of call. It might not be where you've you've traditionally engaged, but there there is a definite group of Tasmanians, and I think I've got a percentage I might talk about a bit later on of people who will actually replace their holiday with. Uh, their interstate or overseas holiday with a a trip to Tasmania. So uh, I think uh, if you've previously also had a lot of international visitors, you'll be wanting to think about how to speak to Australians for a while. And I think that's another important uh, message. Mm. So staying safe, but also thinking about who your audience is and whether that may be changing this year would be quite important to operators, I think. Mm. And we do have some research, don't we, and some data, Ali, that talks about not only that we do know Tasmanians are keen to holiday at home, but as you said, we've got a percentage figure that talks about the fact that they might replace a national or an international trip with a Tasmanian trip. Can you take us through that? Yeah, of the survey. So we conducted a survey with EMRS a couple of weeks ago of Tasmanians, a thousand Tasmanians dispersed across the state to get a feel for what kind of travel within Tasmania people might be interested in or indeed if they would be interested at all. And uh, what we got was about 68% of people were interested in going. Tasmanians were planning on going on a holiday within Tasmania in the next 12 months and 75% uh, were planning on going 
uh, on day trips. So I'm not 100% sure what the other 15% are going to do with their weekends, but hopefully <laughs> we can convince them yeah. and go and do something interesting as well. So I think probably when you think about what that means for your operation, uh, I think if you're within a day trip range of a population centre, then use it. But also those who are, you know, have accommodation, um, there was a, a high desire to travel more than 50 kilometres to stay overnight as well, which I think is probably quite interesting for accommodation operators right around the state. Mm. 53%, so that was the figure I was grasping for before, were taking holidays in Tasmania instead of going going interstate or overseas. So that's that's a really big figure considering that in 2019, Tasmania spent more than 10 million nights off the island. So in the next year, half of the people who were planning on going on a holiday off the island are now planning on actually taking that holiday here. So there is a serious market opportunity there um, that, I mean, there's obviously only so many of us, uh, but there is a market opportunity there that we've identified. Mm-hmm. Um, we did also see that I thought was kind of interesting from that data the types of people that were more likely to report that they plan to take oh, their yeah, holidays. That, that in was country. interesting. Yeah, take us through that because I'm interested yeah. to take our listeners through that. Well, I, I found it kind of interesting because um, I, I wasn't really sure who, you know, because we're all Tasmanians, we probably have our own um, mindset on what we <laughs> would like to do. And yeah, so exactly. Kind of, but maybe everyone might be the same. So I, I kind of found it quite interesting to see uh, what the actual stats look like. So respondents aged 25 to 44 years, so definitely sort of people, singles and people with young families were far more likely to take holidays. So 80% of those guys were more, were planning on taking a trip uh, within Tasmania in the next 12 months. So that's younger uh, people and young families. Yeah, yeah. So under under 45. Sorry, basically. yeah, under 45. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, although I, we don't have an 18 to 25, so I'm not 100% sure how they, they were um, how, how they were going in there. But, yeah, definitely 25 to 44 years. Now, this is not a surprise. So those who are employed at some level were also more likely to take holidays. I guess that reflects their uh, income. But I did think that was kind of interesting because uh, 45% of our respondents um, were pensioners, which is a bit reflective of the Tasmanian population. So if we're thinking about school holidays, those guys are not going to want to travel in the school holidays. They're either going to be looking after their grandkids or they're going to be avoiding other people's grandkids. Uh, (laughs) So they're going to be thinking about out of school holidays time. And I think that's quite important if you're targeting your business, you're thinking about the kind of business you have and the types of people who might like your business. So think about where, you know, if you're going to give a um, a deal to retirees, you, you might want to do it outside the school holidays to encourage that kind of travel and that sort of thing. Those who classified as a family with no children over 16, so that's children under 16 basically, um, or 16 and under, uh, were much more likely to be taking holidays as well. So there's definitely family holidays there for the taking, which is pretty good. As a person with four children of my own, I can say that I would spend a lot of money on a holiday like that. Mm -hmm. So there's an opportunity there for people, I think, as well, especially in activities uh, because these guys aren't fly and flop. They don't just go and sit down somewhere and let their children run right. 
diet, they will be going, okay, let's go out and go on a cruise or go on a walk or, or do these things. So I think there'll be quite a few commercial opportunities from those people. So is there something in that around, um, for say if you're an accommodation provider, if you're looking to um, attract that type of market, whether there might be potential to team up with others that are offering activities to attract that market? Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely something I was thinking about when I was thinking about what I'd say today um, is the idea of actually adding value to your uh, offering. You may or may not want to consider discounting and that's, you know, something else entirely. But the idea that you could um, offer a package of really cool things that are kind of already planned and organised for people who may be um, under a bit of time pressure to deliver them a really great family holiday, especially in the school holidays. I mean, there are many opportunities there, I think, Amy. Yeah. No, I I know I would certainly value that. So I'm sure we'll be seeing a bit of that around. So Ali, I'd like to move us to our interstate audience now. And and certainly we don't have borders open for non-essential travel at the moment, but we're talking about it and we'll see a, a message from the Premier shortly. But what have we been learning about the sentiment of our interstate visitors and how they may be feeling about travel to Tasmania? Well, we know some things. We know that Tasmania is perceived to be safe and it's definitely in our favour now that we have no active cases on the island. So we we are now back to where we all hoped we would be a while ago as a sort of the safe, uh, clean island. We've for a very long time been uh, perceived that way and that will be important. Aspiration to travel to Tasmania is strong. Um, We've been measuring it for a long time. So uh, we usually aim for around a quarter of people to be in the active uh, of people uh, thinking about travelling to Tasmania to be in what we call the active consideration zone, which is where they're planning or booking or doing their research so they can. So we, we have maintained 27% in the active consideration zone, which is absolutely fantastic for us. The sorts of things that people are looking for when they come to Tasmania, knowing that they're going to feel safe and that this is known as a safe and clean destination. People are really seeking enrichment through connection, connection with each other, with nature, with locals, and also enrichment through knowledge and culture, which is uh, our two main sort of segments, is those who are seeking enrichment through connection and those who are seeking enrichment through the acquisition of knowledge and culture. And that's through going to things like Mona and other museums and art galleries Uh, experiencing really fantastic cultural events, uh, music events and things like that, and um, through going out for dinner. Now, obviously, not all of those things are available to those markets right now, but there are lots and lots of ways that we can still connect with them Mm -hmm. uh, to show the depth of experience that they can have when they will be able to when they come. Uh, And I think that's really important. Um, The two things that we know are very important to our markets as well is having a variety of different experiences and also having really top-notch food and beverage. Now, we know that we have those things in Tasmania, but our market doesn't rate us particularly highly in those things right now. And so I think that there's a huge opportunity while people continue to be hungry for online content, uh, because they still are, that this is a very good opportunity for us to communicate all of the things that are on offer in Tasmania, but also the 
extreme value of our food and beverage, like the the just how absolutely fantastic it is. Uh, it really gets me cross when I see that South Australia and Victoria are doing better than us mm-hmm. at that one because yep. I think we all know that ours is way better than theirs. So, Ali, uh, whose job is that? Is that um, a little bit of the job of tourism, well, not little bit, the job of Tourism Tasmania <laughs> to bring that in front of people's eyeballs, but operators, can they also do that as well through their communications channels? Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is it needs to come from many different sources. I think probably all of us know through our um, our own booking that we wouldn't just trust one source. Yeah. We need to see that from a range of different sources through social, on the destination website, which we're working very, very hard on. And, you know, we, we received this information just over the last couple of months. So we're uh, thinking through how what we're going to do at Tourism Tasmania to really lift that. But that that's just one channel, really, and obviously, then through all of the other ways we market the destination, we'll be we'll be thinking about that as well. So not just through Discover Tasmania, but obviously through our our, our other marketing. But the operators themselves have connections with their previous customers, and also they will have followers on Facebook. They will be connected with their regional tourism organisation, who also has uh, followers and so forth on Facebook. There's lots of different methods of connecting, and I'm sure that. Every operator will have their own marketing plans and strategies that they would be wanting to put those messages out through. And, Mm. you know, whilst you really do want to just talk about your own experience, it probably is really good to highlight the variety of experiences that are available because they may not come just for one, but they might come for a critical mass. Well, not they might, they definitely will. Mm. And they will come for great food and beverage. That underpins everybody's um, holiday preferences. That's a really good piece of advice, Ali, especially for those listening out there that the the top-notch food and and beverage, and that doesn't have to be luxury, of course, um, does it? It can be, you know, the great fish and chips down the road. Oh, so, so much so. And just a a fresh oyster, you know, Mm. the concept of paddock to plate, the concept of getting something that that was only in the ocean an hour ago and I'm eating it, that sort of thing is just something that people in Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane can't always get. Certainly we can do a lot better than that and the quality of our uh, environment is so much higher that our produce is just better. Mm, So let's talk that up. Look, before we head off, you've also just, well, not just, you've been continuing to do some work on the health of our brand. And and this is another important piece of the puzzle, isn't it, Ali? I guess starting Mm -hmm. for the listeners, what is our brand to begin with? Our brand, we have, is a brand, a destination (laughs) brand is is basically just a platform for us to communicate what what makes us uh, special or distinct as a destination. Our brand at the moment is come down for air and I think it's going to be that for a long time. So that was launched in October last year. It was really an evolution because Tasmania already had a very strong brand. Uh, We've been operating for a long time, as everybody knows. We've been monitoring that brand and it's been doing extremely well, but we felt that we needed to refresh it and replenish it, which is why we launched Come Down for Air last year. There's opportunities there for people, I think, in understanding our audience needs and delivering 
sharing quality experiences and telling Tasmanian stories through that brand. So the sorts of things that are coming through in our brand as we talk about it, uh, Tasmania is a place where the uncommon is common, where you can throw off the shackles and feel everything deeply. And probably the thing that we talk about a lot definitely Amy in uh, tourism Tasmania is that Tasmania is an antidote to the straitjacket of modern life. Uh, all of the research that we did prior to, to the evolution of our brand was looking at the constrained lifestyles of the people who were living in cities, who were sitting in cars and trains, cramped up in small apartments and homes that don't really have backyards really not ever connecting with nature or the natural environment or in fact with one another to see us as the exact opposite of that mm. wide open spaces, natural beauty, uh, the opportunity to truly breathe. And is that about for operators in terms of how they're marketing and communicating about showing, speaking to that need and showing uh, imagery and uh, speaking about their product in a way that would resonate with our audiences about them being the antidote to the straight jacket of, of modern life? Exactly. That's exactly right. So thinking about where your product and the great thing about our brand is that it was built based on what we have here in Tasmania. So it's not like it's some foreign thing that's just been landing on, landed on us. This is actually who we are. And it's about us being who we are, our, our quirky, interesting, different kind of selves, all of us in our own ways, and speaking through uh, that lens to the people uh, who are stuck in these horrible big cities. <laughs> Uh, to, if we do really, say so ourselves. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> to, to really find something uh, refreshing and different and, and new and clean. And I think people will be really open to that. Uh, certainly our research says that they would be. Mm. So, Ali, before we let you go today, I'd, I'd really like to break it down for those listening. And what would you say are your three top takeouts from what we've learned so far from the research and insights that we've been collecting about the impact of COVID-19 and, and how we might be going forward off the back of that? Well, I found, found some things quite interesting, actually, and certainly what I have been thinking about things have changed over the time um, that we've been uh, researching this, and I think that's really because people are changing as well. I mean, if we all think about our personal journeys through this time, how we felt six weeks ago is probably quite different to how we feel now. So I guess it's probably important to recognise that probably the only constant is change in mm. all of the <laughs> but I'd say that although many people have been affected by this in different ways, there is evidence that our markets have been affected a little less. Just there's a, a little bit of uh, evidence in the research that uh, those people who we have sort of identified as our markets are people uh, less affected than the broader population. And so probably quite a few of them will still be ready to travel uh, once they are allowed to. Mm. But that said, I think it's it's going to be a highly competitive operating environment and, and operators should be thinking about who they're competing against and what they're doing to draw people in. So if you don't already do this, I really think that it would be critically important to monitor other people's websites, the, the people that you think you're really competing with. When someone's sitting up in their house in, in inner Melbourne, thinking about whether they're going to go to South Australia, Western Australia, Queensland 
or Hobart or Launceston, you know, what is it that you're bringing to the table and what are their um, prices looking like? Uh, Because we have seen evidence that competitive pricing is going to be coming into effect. And whilst collective wisdom is saying that we shouldn't be discounting too much. You don't want to discount too much and that maybe value-adding is the way to go. You still really need to be thinking about how you're, how you're looking as a competitive prospect with those who are directly competing with you. Mm. Um, and finally, probably the thing that I've realised in all of this and something probably we all knew already is that access is most critical. Without the planes and yep. the spirits, it doesn't matter how many people want to come here, they're just not going to be able to. So uh, we're obviously monitoring that very closely at Tourism Tasmania and Hans, our aviation director, is working closely with the airlines and spirits to do what we can. But that is one of those things that we just have to work at really hard. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And look, finally, Ali, for those who are interested in getting to understand uh, our data and research a, a little bit more. We have been, certainly uh, you've been doing, we've done two blogs from yourself now that uh, we've popped out through Tourism Talk and is actually available on the front page of Tourism Tasmania's corporate website. But how else, if if operators out there are interested in understanding a little bit more, how can they hear from you or get in touch with you, Ali? The corporate website, as you say, Amy, is the best place to find um, anything that we're putting out at the moment. So particularly our snapshots and um, which are all historical data that probably give us a bit of an idea of where we used to be and probably where we could be in the future. The blog and other reports that we're putting out, so um, that, that's where they would be housed or they are housed. Mm-hmm. The TVS Analyzer, there's a link on the corporate website to TVS Analyzer, which gives you gives us a bit of an idea of previous levels of visitation to various places and what our market's have previously looked like. Tourism Research Australia also has a fair bit of information, so you can go and have a look at them, particularly um, uh, the International Visitors Survey uh, and the National Visitors Survey, all historical too, but they have been doing a little bit of COVID-19 reporting as well. And finally, uh, subscribing to the Tourism Information Monitors through an email. So you can email research at tourism.tas.gov.au or you can just go onto the corporate site and, and register to receive that um, on a quarterly basis. Yeah. And look, just for a reminder for those who need it, it's tourismtasmania.com.au. Alison's second blog, which is around uh, what we've been talking about today, especially around the intrastate opportunity, is um, on a tile there that you could have a a little bit more of a read on and also a slide deck, which uh, outlines some of the findings of that intrastate EMRS research. Alison, thank you for joining us today and giving us a bit of an insight into the things that you've been learning. You've been doing a a great job and and we look forward to hearing from you again as we um, move through recovery. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. It's lovely talking to you as always. (laughs) Thanks, Ellie. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.